morning and welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio or streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday. <laughs> I still have some of my stuff open from last week, so I'm like, oh, shoot. Sunday, September 30th, 2018, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz, and I am here with Ron and John via Skype from the Wayward Willis podcast. This is an open conversation, and we welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at Atheist Talk, or you can also check out our Facebook page, Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we are live, but you can always email, tweet, or comment whether you're live or you're listening to the podcast. Ron, John, welcome to Atheist Talk. Thank you so much. Glad to Thank be here. Thank you. Excellent. So when we started talking about this and I was kind of like, so what do you guys want to talk about? Obviously, we have to talk about the Wayward Willis podcast, but you also wanted to talk about Bill Donahue and the Catholic League of the United States of America. Yes, this is a, a topic that has garnered my interest for quite a while now. Awesome. Well, first, let's go over your podcast, the Wayward Pil Willis podcast. How did that get started? Well, after the election and kind of a small boom in secular podcasts, uh, I started getting into podcasts more and uh, decided that, you know, some of the uh, content that I was consuming was really, really good. And um, I was like, I feel like there's a space in here for um, just kind of getting as many ideas as many good secular humanist ideas out there as possible. And podcasting is a platform that doesn't really have any limits. Like there's not a quota of podcasts on the internet and, um, you know, people who have things to say and people who want to be heard can get out there fairly easily. Um, and so I decided that I wanted to start one of mine up. And the idea was initially that, um, I had raised my son secular, and I was raised very fundamentally religious. And so there was this kind of dichotomy, and um, my son and I uh, got on our mics and started talking about religious topics and social topics and politics, and um, just kind of trying to be lighthearted and humorous about it, um, about definitely not... Oh, I was going to say, about how old was your son when you started doing this? Oh, I'm sorry. my I have an adult son. So ah. my oldest, yeah, my oldest is 22 now. And uh, my youngest is a late teenager. So he's yeah, I'm like imagining like this little six-year-old just like talking politics <laughs> and stuff. It's really cute in my head. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that is my girlfriend has a seven-year-old and last season... Um, or actually during the first season, there was one episode where I didn't have a guest and we had recorded him because he started talking about God and death God. And we were like, what in the world is God and death God? And so we recorded this conversation with him about what he thinks God is. And it was hilarious. And I think it's like the the third or fourth episode. I, I don't have it in front of me right now. But uh, yeah, I have actually had a six year old on my podcast. So there you go. I was going to say, that's. I don't think we've had a six-year-old in here yet. 
at least not <laughs> during my tenure. Give it time. I know there, there's so many awesome peoples in around the Minnesota area that we could do that with. All right. And um, so Bill Donahue, that's gotten your interest recently. Have you done some episodes about this? Uh, no, I haven't. I've addressed him in some of my rants earlier in the, the podcast, but uh, Bill Donahue, he and I uh, have this distant relationship uh, dating all the way back to when I started blogging. And um, he had actually at one point put out this article where he said that, you know, atheists are kind of destroying the fabric of Christian America and <laughs> and we we are sort of becoming this growing group and this nuisance that religious people need to correct and so he invited or and, and this was obviously not sincere but he invited uh atheists to contact the Catholic League and he would have somebody reach out and basically convert atheists I'm and sorry. apparently they had this fantastic tactic where they could convert atheists and so when this happened i wrote a blog post about it and actually contacted um the catholic league and said hey here i am i'm an atheist i used to be religious i fell out of faith you think you can convert me i'm completely open to whatever fantastic logic you might have that's going to make me see the light. And uh, I never heard back from them. It was so weird. That is weird. I mean, it's, they, they said they wanted people and then nothing happens. I know. I was a volunteer. I mean, how could you get any better than that? Yeah. Ron, Ron do you also have a fascination with Bill Donahue and the Catholic League? Um, I mean, it's really more of a superficial thing for me. Like, um, I mean, I, I was also I was raised Catholic um, but I didn't really delve too much into the politics of it until I basically found this podcast. Cause, um, in case you weren't aware, I had started out as a fan of the show and then I was invited to be on the show. So it was kind of like, you know, when journey found their new lead singer, um, <laughs> um, they didn't so stop I, believing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Don't stop believing kids. You can, you can too, uh, be on a podcast that you really enjoy someday. Um, but I, I wasn't even really informed of all this stuff going on until I started talking with John, really. I was I was pretty ignorant to it, although I've been an atheist for quite a while. So it's, um, I don't know, it might just be because I just got lazy and wasn't paying attention specifically to that. But I don't have any kind of relation to Bill Donahue in any kind of way, to be honest with you. All right. So so you're here like me to ask the, the silly questions? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Pretty much. I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so i don't know if maybe you want to go through like what even is the catholic league that and, was actually uh, going to be my next question because i actually i am similar to ron where i grew up catholic i honestly really i thought that when people said the catholic leave they league they were joking i didn't realize <laughs> that this was such a big thing <laughs> were you thinking maybe it was their softball team or something well you know like uh how some people would be like you know like the the four horsemen we have the four horsemen and it's like, it's not actually a thing. It's not an actual group. Um, you know, it's just kind of the joke that we give. So I, th I thought it was kind of like that. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to know if, if listeners are wanting to know what is this thing? Well, I want to uh, know. 
Yeah. So the Catholic League is a 501c3 charity um, who describes itself as the nation's largest Catholic civil rights organization. Now, what they tout themselves as is a um, an advocate for and a force that works toward religious and civil liberties. Now, when they're talking about civil liberties, they're not talking about civil liberties the way that you and I would as humanists. They're talking about specifically religious views on civil rights and what those civil rights should be from obviously a Catholic standpoint. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say I'm guessing they're not going to be okay with the peyote stuff. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. <laughs> but they're also not okay with homosexuality, they're not okay with abortion and um I'm pretty sure that if you asked Bill Donahue, he would tell you that feminism has destroyed the family. So there's all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. I came, I came from, again, I grew up Catholic and actually my mom is definitely and has always been the head of the household. So <laughs> I have, I have a special laugh for when people say feminism has, has done that. Cause it's like, I've, I've seen weddings and stuff where the person's like, Oh, you need to follow your husband. And I'm like, y'all don't understand this, this relationship. He follows her happily happily right. follows her and that's okay <laughs> right well and you know that goes my experience and i wasn't catholic i was protestant i was actually raised uh, southern baptist which is fun um but my experience was that there's always this undercurrent of the woman really being the foundation of the home and obviously she's in charge of raising the kids and all of the domestic type of stuff and the dad goes to work and he brings the bacon home and, you know, he's the authoritarian. But when you really get right down to it, I would say that in most homes, um, in most two parent, you know, heterosexual religious traditional homes, the mother really does run the house and the father takes the credit for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I saw growing up. So it sounds like you and I are kind of in the same place. Well, I, actually, I don't think Dad took as much credit as others have. He was he okay. was pretty good at about sharing. Okay, or, well, that's or good. Not or maybe not sharing credit, but being like, no, she's she's awesome and she does all this stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, if they're listening, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if they're listening, hi. <laughs> Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, you know, the way that I grew up in this very fundamentalist Protestant uh, Christian home was that, you know, my dad viewed the whole, you know, bra burning feminist women's lib kind of stuff as having been the start of the downfall of society. And so, you know, this kind of comes through in some of Bill Donahue's press releases and tweets and uh, different outlets. And so I... I follow him not closely, but I definitely uh, come into contact with a lot of his stuff on a regular basis. All right. Well, I do have to pause this conversation for a moment. Please stay tuned with us through the break. We'll return to Atheist Talk with John and Ron from the Wayworld Willis podcast. I'm Hertzie Hertz, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned in to Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. I'm here on with Skype with John and Ron from the Wayward Willis podcast. Atheist Talk is produced with the funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know you appreciate your support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with John and Ron, this morning you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, tweet us at at Atheist Talk. Right now we're using the hashtag waywardwillisquestion, or you can check out our Facebook page where I have a comment thread going on. If you are interested, please do give us a call. Um, as for, yeah, getting back to it, John, Ron, we were talking about Bill Donahue and the Catholic League. Yeah, so we kind of went through what the Catholic League is and what they advocate. Um, if you, I think that I'd like to talk a little bit about Bill Donahue himself and some of his stances on issues that we care about. I was going to say, you know, he kind of, you're interested in this, all this kind of reminds me of the whole satanic panic thing I'm interested in. You could, sounds like you could do an entire podcast on this. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I would think that, you know, if Bill Donahue had been active um, and in the public eye during the satanic panic, that he certainly would have contributed to it. Apparently he started in 1993, so it's entirely possible. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) But let's get so, back to the let's who is Bill Donahue the man. So Bill Donahue is a 71-year-old white man who uh is very entrenched in his uh devout Catholic beliefs and um he is uh the head of the Catholic League making uh about a half a million dollars a year uh as the head of a charity. Um, which to me always seems suspect. Like I, I do understand that there are a lot of charities, both secular and religious, where the um, administration makes pretty decent money, um, which I think kind of rubs me the wrong way no matter what the charity is, uh, because it does seem like more of the uh, money that the charities are receiving should be used for the actual work that the charity states that they do. Um, but in this case, $500,000 a year to um, advocate for uh, legal and political um, power for the church, essentially, and the issues that they care about, uh, it, it really does seem excessive. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I was going to say, the only reason I would pause with that is because I think that's about how much the CEO of Planned Parenthood makes. Yeah, and that's why I I definitely qualified it. Like, I do think that it doesn't really matter what charity we're talking about. Um, I understand that they they do work and that administration does cost money, but like eh, $500,000 a year. I do know that that is actually on the very, that's actually fairly low for First, not just CEOs of, of the public sphere, but also of the nonprofit sphere. That's actually still pretty low. Wow. Yeah. Well, 
I'm an accountant, so it's like business is one of the things I think about a lot. And it's like oftentimes when you're getting a CEO, you're also getting a lot of um, experience, a lot of knowledge and things and schooling. And uh, we all know schooling's not cheap. Right. But I don't know I guess... what you're talking about. I mean, uh, my, my, my fiance is definitely not like 50 grand in debt right now for, you know, going to a uh, SUNY school or anything like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> interesting enough, I actually don't have a degree. I tried going to college a, couple, a few times and it just never seemed to work out. And oddly enough, that has actually helped me a lot, which just seems counterproductive. <laughs> right. Well, and... I think that um, we, you know, times have kind of changed where um, college degrees used to be sort of viewed as the measure of how qualified you were. Mm. And now it's possible for people to, you know, work while they're going to school to kind of do jobs on the side and to kind of gain experience. And so college degrees now, like they're they're important to have the basis of knowledge that you're going to be using, but I don't know that anybody now really views them as like the qualifying characteristic of an applicant. Uh, at least I don't when I'm looking to hire somebody. It's kind of like that joke in Futurama where they say that, you know, the 21st century colleges are basically like overpriced daycares. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> I could I could definitely see that. I actually am planning on going um back to school. I've taken some classes for accounting and now I just need to f- hopefully soon I'll be able to finish it out and actually have an associate. <laughs> oh, nice. accounting. That was I actually started taking classes in an MBA program and accounting almost killed me. You know, and you know what the funny part is? Cuz I took all the I took all the accounting classes at the local community college does not help as much with the actual accounting. So anyways, we need to get back to Bill Donahue. I'm sorry, we've sidetracked a lot. So Bill Donahue, tell us about him. Okay, so over time, he has had uh, fairly consistent views on different topics, and they are usually pretty terrible. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't identify with his beliefs, somebody who, you know, values the humanist outlook on society and on life. And so obviously, you know, there will be people that agree with him, and there will be people who think that I'm just being... Uh, a little unfair, but I do feel like these kind of extreme views that he takes um, and some pretty disgusting views that he takes are uh, definitely legitimate call-outs to uh, sort of a flawed character on his part. Um, But if we start with... Uh, And I don't want to relitigate this because there has been a lot of talk about it, obviously, and there's a lot more going on. But if we uh, go back and look at the uh, accusations of sexual abuse by priests in the Catholic Church, um, Donahue has um, been a longtime critic of the investigations, of the accusations, and uh, has really downplayed uh, consistently the the size of the problem or the, the reality of the problem within the Catholic church. So when the Pennsylvania report 
came out just recently. He uh, downplayed it, saying there was no ongoing crisis, that uh, these accusations are so old that, you know, it doesn't um, indicate that this thing is still happening, which we all know is false. And then he used deflection and whataboutism to try and shift the focus to uh, the secular world and say, oh, well, you know, everybody comes through attacking the Catholic Church because we're just such a big target and people hate us so much. What about the uh, public schools and those uh, secular institutions? All right. How come nobody's looking at those? I got to stop those right there real quick, but we will return with John and Ron right after the break. Please stay with us. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, and we're having what I would classify as a fascinating conversation with Ron and John from the Wayward Willis podcast. If you'd like to join us this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk, or you can check out our Facebook page. Before we continue with this conversation, there's a little bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. I want to note our dedicated group of volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. I'd like to note our donors of the week, which are Lyra and Tom. Thank you so much for donating. And let me find my place again. There we go. Um, if you're able to help with the donation, do you please consider doing so at our radio fund page or at our Patreon, where you can get extended interviews at www.patreon.com slash Atheist Talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization, and we couldn't do the show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael Davis and is used with permission. Please note, all opinions are of the guests and host only and do not necessarily reflect those of Minnesota Atheists as an organization. Now, let's get back to our conversation regarding the Catholic League, Bill Donahue, with John and Ron. Okay, well, when last we met, we were talking about uh, Bill Donahue's stance on the sex abuse scandal in the Catholic Church. And... Um, all I really want to say about this is that the amount of deflection uh, and whataboutism on Bill Donahue's part really just uh, kind of illustrates the amount of protection and insulation uh, of religious organizations. And I don't want to just call out the Catholic Church for this because there have been a lot of Protestant churches and organizations that have had these issues as well. Um, so it's not localized uh, into one specific group. But they all pretty much do the same thing where they're like, oh, well, look at these guys. They do stuff as well. And Bill Donahue's most recent attack was against like the public school system and other secular institutions that may or may not be government funded. And what I've found is just this white hot rage at these accusations because what we see is when something like this happens in a public school or in a you know daycare or whatever the case may be um when we find out these people are litigated they are arrested they are charged they are um or at least pushed through 
Say what? I was going to say, at least in the public sphere, there's usually, you know, kind of a public trial. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing, is when we find out about these things, we know. They're not, we don't just say, oh, we're going to just handle this internally, or, oh, we're just going to pray about it. Um, that kind of thing. And so this is the big difference that I see between the Catholic Church and other public institutions, where the church is just this monolith that is so insulated that they can say, no, 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 we'll just handle this internally. It's going to be fine. And as we all know, there have been huge, huge payouts by the Catholic Church um, to victims of this institution um, to try and either silence them or to appease them or you know make things right however it is that they view that but this is definitely not right and it's not equivalent so bill donahue um is definitely wrong on this and it just infuriates me so what so we've talked about bill's thoughts on that we've talked about does the catholic league i'm guessing they follow his ideas on this uh, yeah, the Catholic League, basically, it's the work that they're doing is pretty much defined by Bill Donahue's stances on these things. And the way that you can tell this is that anytime they do a press release, it either immediately follows some kind of tweet or social media message coming out from the Catholic League, or um, it is the actual statement of Bill Donahue um, as ascribed in the press release or whatever it is that's coming out. So I do feel like Bill Donahue as the head of the Catholic League basically is the Catholic League. And so his views are their views. Okay. So so then he's not officially the head of the Catholic League or is he? Well, no, he is the head of the Catholic League. Okay. Now, and and this is this is one thing that that I guess maybe I should clear up is the Catholic League is not the Catholic Church. No. Um and it's not even officially an arm of the Catholic Church. And so there may be times, and there have been times, where like with Pope Francis, uh, Bill Donahue will actually attack Pope Francis for his, uh, quote, socialist views on certain things. Um, <laughs> one of the things that he has attacked the Pope uh, of being a socialist on is climate change. Uh, and so when Pope Francis came out with his encyclical about, you know, we are supposed to be stewards of the earth, which is biblical, um, and saying that we should, you know, definitely try and, and heal the damage that we've done, that was viewed as very progressive by a lot of people, but it was viewed as socialist and evil by Bill Donahue. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's have clean air. No, that's bad. Uh, uh what else has the Catholic League done in the last, oh, say, few years? Uh, well, they have uh, been, they have taken a, a, a big role in the fight against same-sex marriage. Um, they view homosexuality as evil. And also, so this is really funny. Um, one of the, the little factoids about Bill Donahue is that he has come out as saying that marriage is not about love or making people happy. Um, that the entire purpose of marriage is to have a family. And this kind of, you know, obviously falls in line with certain dogma that says that, you know, sex is for procreation only and that contraception is evil. And when you get married, that's for procreation and making children. So there's that. But the funny thing about Bill Donahue is that he's divorced. <laughs> um, and 
<laughs> and that actually surprises me with the Catholic stance on divorce. And maybe you two, I don't know how far removed you are from this, but like, don't Catholics view divorce as like either not an option or just like a really terrible thing? Um, Ron, I was going to say, Ron, I know you might have something different. Like the church I went uh, to, it was kind of like they didn't have as they weren't really preachy. It was it was a very odd thing because I think we had people who were divorced, um, and then when they remarried, there was like this weird thing that they had to do or something. Ron, what about you? Yeah, as far as I know, it's just generally frowned upon. I mean, I'm in New York, so it's a little bit more progressive. You know, again, not super preachy as far as I remember, anyway. But uh, I do remember growing up that it was frowned upon, but I I don't really I don't think there was any kind of repercussions for it or anything like that. Yeah. So. And I was going to say, cause, yeah, because I was, grew up in St. Paul, Minneapolis, which, I mean, it's not New York, but it's fairly, but it is that big inner city kind of thing. So, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, we'll just try not to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you can get away with it, just don't do it. The, and that was the first church I went to. The second church I went to, which was super, super liberal, they didn't, they had no cares. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, it's nice to at least get some uh, background perspective on that because I, my only exposure to the Catholic church was the um, chapel on the army base where we lived. Um, we didn't go there because it wasn't our religion. Um, but we in the Southern Baptist church uh, always viewed Catholics as idolaters <laughs> and, <laughs> So, uh, and, and actually on that point, um, the, uh, one of the things about, uh, Bill Donahue's political stances is, is that he criticized George W. Bush, which seems weird on its face, right? Yeah, that's a little bit yeah. odd. Uh, but the reason he criticized him is that George W. Bush made an appearance and a speech at Bob Jones University, which is not Catholic. And the head of Bob Jones University uh, actually came out and called Catholicism the religion of the Antichrist and a satanic system. Well, so I actually, <laughs> I actually know something about this. I actually do. Uh, okay. Because that's, that's actually a big piece with a lot of these. There's a lot of, um, I don't want to say Protestant religions necessarily, because I mean, that's Protestant religions encompasses so many denominations um you are right but there are i know sunday is, or not sunday uh seventh day adventists i know they're one who that that's a big thing is that the catholic church is bad and is evil and is actually working for the the devil and in the stuff that i've been looking at for the satanic panic that is something that go that comes up relatively often and it's just kind of weird um, I ended up going to an Assembly of God college. Don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> I was 18 and running around. Um, but the in, but the most interesting part of that was going in and then having people turn to me and say, oh, yeah, you're going to hell. And I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I don't think you're going to hell. Well, I am. But yeah, they, people really do have a a big thing with that. And it was it's very interesting. I, it's also interesting because Catholicism technically was like the 
birth of all of the different denominations and such. I think that one was the first. I think. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm I was not guess, sure. I was going to say, somebody can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but like, I remember having conversations and it's like, or like in our history class, because it was like, you had the Catholics and then you, you split with the Orthodox Catholics and then the, the Roman Catholic, and then it just kept splitting from there. Yeah, yeah I'm not, right. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, if, hey, don't maybe blindly agree. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a listener can call in and correct us. Yes, we've got about minute 40 for this segment, but we have one more segment after this. Okay. Um, yeah, so the last thing that I want to hit on is a, a little comical, and uh, every atheist in America is going to uh, roll their eyes and in unison on this, but Donahue is, <laughs> Donahue is a huge fan of the war on Christmas. <laughs> and, you know, before too long, just a couple of months, we're going to be uh, marching into war on Christmas, apparently. Oh, oh man, I can't wait. Just what wait. we do every year. <laughs> Actually, for... Now, oh, go ahead. I, I don't know if, if you two were issued your uh, standard atheist um, candy cane proof vests <laughs> that we get. Yeah, they're made out of Kevlar. Yeah, with yeah. a little A on the front of it. Yeah, yeah. I got mine. Standard issue. Oh, yeah. I'm still waiting on mine. It's stuck in the mail. <laughs> oh, man. You got you to gotta send it through. Um, I was going to say send it through FedEx, but that's like a private company, so I wouldn't recommend it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so every year, obviously, we have, you know, this reactionary outrage where uh, Christians feel like Christmas is under attack. And so, you know, look for that and look for Donahue to be participating in that again this year. Oh, absolutely. And we'll return with our guests, Ron and John, right after the break. Please stay with us. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned in to Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, on with Skype with John and Ron from the Willard, Wayward Willard podcast. Try saying that 10 times fast. I swear. <laughs> this is, you said Willard. Uh, oh, gosh. Wayward Willis. Wayward Willis. Uh, but... This is our final segment with John and Ron. If you're curious about Minnesota Atheists, you can check out Minnesota Atheist website. We have previous episodes. You can browse articles, book reviews, and peruse the upcoming calendar of events. You can also check out our meetup at meetup.com. Just search for Minnesota Atheists. If you enjoy the show and all Minnesota Atheist has to offer, consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheist while you're on the website. Membership has some great perks. Check out the hows and the whys on the website. And now back to our conversation with jo with John and Ryan. All right. So when we left off, we were starting in on admittedly one of my favorite pieces of, of this upcoming season, the war on Christmas. And we've had a pretty serious conversation so let's lighten it up what are your preparations for this year's war on christmas i know i'm early because it's not yet halloween which is my absolute favorite holiday but <laughs> we, we need to plan early obviously for this so what what kind of preparations are you going for well, well I, I mean i mean no, i don't think ahead, you're preparing uh, sorry <laughs> i don't think you're preparing early at all i mean at michael's they already have like the christmas stuff out so okay um, see craft stores <laughs> i give a pass to 
Cause I used to work at yeah. a I used to work at a craft store, and I remember in July they would actually start getting their Christmas fabric, and yeah. it actually makes sense because some of that stuff that you're going to be making for December takes like five months to do. Plus, you have all of the other projects you're doing. So that's true, that's true. craft stores, I give a, a pass to. But like the dollar store I went in a few weeks ago, that one already had Christmas stuff up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Target already had some of their stuff up. What happened to waiting until the day after Thanksgiving? <laughs> okay, um, well, I mean, obviously this is just an indication of how much this country hates Christmas <laughs> and is oppressing the people who uh, hold Christmas as something sacred. Because, you know, we just obviously wait until the last possible moment three months early and we just don't acknowledge their special day so poor oppressed people what are we gonna do yeah it's obviously it's obviously a giant conspiracy to you know make everybody anti-christmas by putting out christmas stuff earlier and earlier every year and uh just so people can express that notion that oh wow they're already putting out all this christmas stuff like it's only you know like you said july so Oh, yeah. Just slowly sowing the seeds of anti-Christmas sentiments. Like I said, that was a craft store, so that one gets a pass. <laughs> but I actually, I actually do have a hat, like a, a looks like the Santa hat, but it's black and it says "Bah Humbug." <laughs> and then, nice. and then I have a T-shirt I wear every Christmas Eve that says um, "Happy or Merry Krampus." <laughs> <laughs> nice. it, 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 it's just not my favorite holiday, you know. And it's you know, I feel like it's a little overblown. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that. I'm when I was a kid, Christmas was not as big a deal as some of my other friends because my birthday is actual Christmas. Like Jesus stole my birthday. <laughs> um, so wow. so I was always a little ripped off and I never got like a party like everyone else did when their birthday is in August or whatever. Um Ow, shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, there we go. And so uh yeah, over the years, uh, as I have grown up and, you know, I've had kids and it's nice when they're younger and they're super excited about everything. But then once your kids are older, like I said, my youngest is uh, a junior in high school now and um, they aren't really as into it because it's not just this magical thing. And I'm just not into it because it just means I have to spend money. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, Christmas has meaning to some people, but for others, just like this big inconvenience. Yeah. I mean, there there are parts about the holiday I like. I love getting together with um, family and having, and I love the food. Um, I absolutely adore the cookies. After that, you know, we, we could just skip the rest of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't disagree. And and I do like, you know, when I have the kids in the house and, and everybody is together and we kind of like put on some music and we're just kind of sitting around and talking. And that's really the best part. And I would I would say that, you know, if you had a religious view on the whole thing and it was all about family and celebrating the holiday, then that should be what's the most important part. But I do feel like it's just really overblown commercialism nowadays. Oh, yeah. So, again, I'm going to go back to it. What are your plans for this for for our preparations for the war on Christmas? <laughs> well, I know I personally am already knitting my anti-Christmas sweater, um, inverted Christmas trees, Santa Claus, <laughs> just upside down. You know, um, it's kind of difficult to follow because the pattern is you know 
obviously the opposite of what I want it to do, but um, I'm making it work so far. Um, just got to make sure I don't put the neck hole in the wrong wrong area. <laughs> nice. Nice, Ron. That is perfect. John, what do you got? Well, I feel like it's very important, you know, now that uh, Christmas decorations are already, already hitting the shelves and we're not uh, even into Halloween, I, I feel like you can use Halloween as cover to build up your defenses, right? Ooh. And yeah. And so when I decorate my house for Halloween, it's really about fortifying it against Christmas. Right? Got it. Okay. Yeah. I and see. so then it's it's sort of a lazy take as well because it's multi-purpose holiday, right? And so you can build up these walls and kind of board up your windows and make sure that none of that Christmas cheer gets in to you and, and melts your atheist heart. And and so you just leave it up for the, the whole entire end of the year and uh, you're done by, you know, the 1st of November. It's good. Nice, nice. Nice. Yeah. My plan actually is there's a group in Minnesota called, um, I think they're, they're just called Minnesota Krampus. And it's actually, it's actually a group of people who have made their own Krampus costumes and they look absolutely amazing. So my hope, oh, this, wow. yeah, my hope this year hey. is to go out and see them because they do several events and stuff where they just go out and they participate and just run around in their costumes. So I want to go get some pictures and then what I'll do is I'll just post those on Facebook and then like have them all over my cube. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds nice. like the, the, the ultimate post Halloween cosplay event. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I even have like a little, um, you know how there's the elf in the shelf. Yes. 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 Somebody kickstarted this super awesome thing. It was Krampus in the corner. And so it's a little Krampus doll. It's a little Krampus doll that's about the size of the elf on the shelf. And then it also came with a book. <laughs> so I'll probably have those out on my cube as well. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. That's pretty awesome. No, I do like the, the idea of this Krampus cosplay. Uh, I think that that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we should start spreading it around. It, well, and it's, it you know, you, people can't say it's not traditional because, I mean, it's been going around for at least a couple hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even more popular now because of the movie. Oh, I see. I haven't seen the movie. I heard it was really bad. See, I've heard mixed reviews. I heard it was really good from some people, like the people that I know who are really into horror movies. And then I've heard it, it's like really bad from other people. So uh, maybe I should check it out. But unfortunately, we are going to have to pause for now. But thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, John, Ron, would you be interested in doing some extra interview stuff? Would I? Absolutely. Awesome. So if you want to hear that, go to our Patreon for $1 an episode. You can join us for the extra interview, which will be about something. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs>